It all started in the 80s and carried into the early 90s, from our teen years to college. The origins of the creative muse, when our eyes were open to original voices in music, film, and literature. It's where we began to understand the possibilities of artistic expression, from spoken word to hip hop, from avant-garde to punk rock, books, films, and songs that inspired us. I'm Kim Selby, and for as long as I can remember, I've been an avid consumer of film, music, and literature. I'll go to the ends of the earth to find those original gems that move and entertain me. I'm also the producer of this podcast. And I am author T. Riley. My writing can be dark, surreal, off the wall, and out there. There's a list of visionaries from all sorts of disciplines I credit to helping me find my voice. We're going to take a look backward at where it all began for the both of us, how it shaped our taste today, and how we create. So let's get started. We're recording. Am I on? Can you hear me? I hear pops. Yeah, I can you hear me okay now? Yes. I yanked the cord out of the headset. I am actually, let's start right there. Sorry about that. I just yanked the cord out of my headset because I am a true professional podcaster. There you go. Of course. (laughs) Before we get started, I wanted to tell you because I'm really excited that uh, yesterday I picked up, you know, I collect vinyl. Yeah. I picked up, and before I tell you that, I I feel like everything I mention here has to do with the 80s, and there's a reason for that, uh-huh. because we're doing a podcast that's looking back at how our creative muse, where, what the origins were, where it right. came from. So obviously, everything we talk about is 80s and early 90s. I collect all sorts of vinyl. I don't want people to think that I got pictures of people with mullets in, in, in the place where I write, and it's nothing but but 80s albums, it's it's not. I got everything from Coltrane to Soundgarden. So I got all sorts of stuff. But anyway, my the the piece that I picked up is Grandmaster Flash. Do you know who that okay. is? Right. Yes. Grandfather of hip hop. Also was in a group called Grandmaster Flash, Melly Mel and the Furious Five. But this is what's so interesting about this. It's only two songs. It's a it's a 12 inch single. Okay that says right on on it for promotional use only okay very cool. not sell so this was sent to you know places like radio stations right. right um and it's him as a dj so it's him doing this mix of all sorts of different songs so they probably didn't even have approval <laughs> which is why they couldn't buy it which is or why they couldn't sell it which is why it was a promotional copy so th- these are the kind of things that collectors love to find because it's unique. You're not going to find it anywhere else. Right. That's cool. And Grandmaster Flash is, it's very hard. I think I mentioned this before, very hard to find old school hip hop albums. Uh, I, I don't know why. I, maybe kids scratched on it when they, when they were yeah, and they're, they're damaged, they're destroyed. I have no idea, but it's really hard to find them. So when, whenever you do, you, you got to snatch it up. Cool. I, um, yeah, I just, I, was out somewhere earlier today and stumbled into a very tiny store that I never knew existed. And they had racks and racks of vinyl. And I just, I didn't have time to look through it, but definitely somewhere to go back to. So just, you know, to kind of circle back to 
where we left off last time and where we thought we might go today was um, we talked about location and we talked about where we grew up and we talked about the three unique spots within South Jersey that we spent time in. And today, maybe after setting the stage of the geography of South Jersey with the Pine Barrens, the Jersey Shore and Philadelphia, you know, we talked about where we grew up and maybe it makes sense to talk a little bit about how it felt to grow up during that time. Um, There was a lot going on. We were teenagers, you know, coming into the teenage years, starting to become aware of different things that were going on in society, starting to become a little bit more aware of what was going on in the news. And there's parallels from current back to the past. So maybe we can talk a little bit about the major things that we were aware of from a social perspective. Yeah, it's a good idea. Starting with when to where to how. And it's, uh, I think you start to see some dramatic differences because you know, we're talking about the 80s into the early 90s. And, and I know, at least I remember seeing some, some pretty dramatic shifts as you move into the 90s, uh, but not necessarily a lot of resolution. It's now much, much later. And uh, years and years and years have gone by. And, and you said maybe adults didn't feel like that, right? Yeah. And it just felt like at that time, there was a lot of fear. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, adults, I'm sure did. I, I've had conversations with older people about that time period, but certainly a disconnect between what teenagers were feeling and adults. And I think the main reason is that we were looking at at all of these, this unrest and and these dangers and and what the implications were to our future. Right. right. And so I think. When we talked before we started this segment, I think we narrowed it down to a few categories, the, the issues, if you will, that were happening in that time period. And one was the economy. I mean, we were in the midst of, of trickle-down economics or Reaganomics, whatever you want to call it, which really put a lot of pressure on the middle class, lower middle class, you know, people with, with more economic challenges. There was certainly a lot of social unrest, and sadly, it was a lot of the same exact social unrest that we're seeing right now. So we didn't really fix anything or learn anything. Um, It was the decade of AIDS, and once upon a time, AIDS was a death sentence. Not, Not that it's not a horrible disease now, but we've certainly come really far in, in recent years on, on treatment. And uh, back then, there, there was no treatment for it. Right. Um, drugs, like every decade, was a major issue. But we were, we were experiencing brand new drugs we had never seen before. The most eye-opening one was crack. And it was devastating families. And there was a resurgence of mutual animosity <laughs> I guess you would put it between the U.S. and Russia and that big red scare that we felt back in the 50s and early 60s came back fast and furious. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, the possibility or threat, whatever you want to call it, of nuclear war was very real, or at least it felt that way. And um, there was the anxiety that went with it. Yeah, it's funny. um, 
saying we didn't really fix anything or learn anything. It's it's really true. And we can tie, you know, we talked, you just mentioned crack. Now we have the opioid crisis. You talked about the Red Scare. We now have issues with Russian items possibly going on. Social unrest, it's here. You know, we did make some progress with AIDS, which is obviously great, but we are currently dealing with another virus that is affecting the world, really. So it's it's funny to think all those topics that you just ticked off, we really didn't fix anything or learn anything because we're dealing with different details, but same problems right now. Yeah, but but the other the other side of that and and which leads into why we do this podcast in the first place. Those sort of of elements and there will always be that. There will always be something. It right. always has been throughout history. Yep. Um it's those challenges that people go through that or fears or anxieties. That's the the foundation for often some of the the best art that that you will get. And and the whole point of this is to talk about our inspiration and 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 why we create what we create and um and where it all came from and and someday you know there's a 14 year old right now who is experiencing everything and that is sowing the seeds for whatever work that 14 year old is going to create later it's it's an interesting lens to, to to look back through for sure and you're right, you know, we absorbed what was going on when we were that age. And that's what's happening now with teenagers and high school and college age kids. Yeah. And and I, I know the whole point of this podcast, and we say it over and over, but the other point is for, for, for you and me to just to have a conversation about it and, and talk it through. And so we don't we don't create a lot of structure here, but at the same time, we we are trying to to paint a picture to 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 build a world, uh, our world, so that that people understand where it came from. And and even though we're having these conversations in segments, they they didn't operate independently. It was all happening at the same time. When when right. I say that I was going to Philly and I was picking up these these self made you know comic books and things like that 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 was all happening at the same time all these things were happening right so my mind my anxieties my concerns the things that i was seeing was all folded up into this art that i was experiencing this music that i was experiencing the books that i was reading um and i would assume it's the same with you that that um nothing operates in a vacuum it was all coming at me at once and and i was soaking in like a sponge. Right. So I think we wanted to to talk about some of those things that spoke to us as it pertains to those concerns that we listed, right? What do you think um if you had to pick like one film that touched on T- you know, touched on all of it? <laughs> I don't yeah, think there I mean, was one. <laughs> you no, know, I'm trying to do that math in my head right now. Um trying to think of a movie that touched on all of these things, but I mean there were a lot of them. I mean, I know you We've talked offline about Spike Lee and do the right thing. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I mean, and, Spike, Spike um, Lee was, and I mentioned before in in one of our prior talks that I was I was a film major in college. I was deeply interested in film in high school, and even before that. And uh, there's certainly a long list of of people that that influenced me or moved me, or both. And Spike Lee is is on on the top of that list without a doubt, and Do the Right Thing is an amazing movie. And you're right, 
it, it spoke to to uh to the social unrest that we're talking about mm -hmm. um and unfortunately a perfect example of a movie that was made many 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 years ago and we are literally right now facing the same challenges that were outlined in that which is really pretty sad but not not to give a big giant spoiler for people who have never seen do the right thing but you should go watch it anyway but there is a, a powerful scene towards the end that drives the final moments of action in the movie where a young black man is restrained by police he's put in a chokehold and he's killed and uh that's to me an amazing thing to think that that we're still having this conversation. Spike Lee didn't invent that; it was happening. Right. He merely reported on it. Right. Yeah. One of the I know one of the movies that still sticks with me about not necessarily like do the right thing, but you know, less than zero something. That movie just yeah. I remember watching it and talk about not necessarily social unrest but definitely you know income inequality drugs sure economic issues that movie i feel like could almost be you know remade today with current issues you know the same way issues in do the right thing continuing to repeat themselves but that that was definitely a movie that i feel like it was equally fascinated and horrified by and i still to this day i will watch that movie anytime it's on Mm -hmm. You know, and just being that age of the characters in that film, I think that was also for me, you know, something that probably, you know, why it had such a such an effect on me. Yeah, and I, uh, you know, are we are we sticking with films, music as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe to, to to look at them both. When you look at the economy, the things that stand out to me visually when I was around that age, or going into the city and and seeing some of the more uh, depressed areas where Philly around that time is, was not the, the city that it is now, not that it doesn't have the challenge, same challenges, but there were a lot of depressed areas. We mm -hmm. lived very close to, to Camden, which was another city that had a lot of depressed areas. So there was that mm -hmm. urban aspect, but then there was the suburban blight as well. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, there's a, <clears throat> there was a, uh, there's a highway near where I lived when I was a teenager in, again, in South Jersey, outside of Philly. Uh, Route 130 that used to have these sprawling plazas and outdoor mall and uh, a lot of uh, commerce, if you will. Um, and when I was a teenager, they were many of those were abandoned. There was nothing going on. Mm. They, they were they were places that I, I used to go to hang out, skateboard in the parking lot. Sometimes we actually got into the buildings, which don't recommend that for other kids, but we right. did it. Um, and that always made me think on the urban side, the hip hop movies like wild style that really, really demonstrated that income equality, like you mentioned. And then, you know, when I think about the, the abandoned plazas and, and that, that idea of that, that whole empty, open concrete jungle sort of thing that right. always makes me think about, you know, some of the, the more futuristic movies that had a, a punk rock bent to it, um, they kind of spoke to that area, that idea of, of the, uh, the negative aspects of things like Reaganomics. And I'll say one other quick thing, speaking of punk rock. So Dead Kennedys had made a song in the early 80s called Kill the Poor. And 
it's a sarcastic perspective on the you know the value of human life yeah i'm not i don't know their music i that's i mean you brought them up you know more than once now i'm gonna have to go and do a little recon on them i'm not i mean maybe there's music of theirs that i've heard i just don't realize it's them mm. um, but i'm definitely gonna go back and check them out san francisco band yeah i mean music even you know you talk about madonna coming to the forefront i mean she you know was an artist no one had seen before and she was really touching on a lot of these issues in her music wrapped up in you know pop song the dead kennedys being a punk band and her sort of being a pop icon it's interesting how they chose to react to what was going on at that time like in their music from a just from the different genres too I never looked at Madonna's as uh, maybe I need to go back and listen to some Madonna because I, I don't remember her dealing with any bigger social issues. Well, she was, I mean, in the, in the clubs and she was very supportive of the gay community. That's a good point. I, um, she right. tackled, I mean, religion wasn't on our list of. No, um, but yeah, I, I stand corrected. You're right. She took a stand on issues even if maybe it wasn't that obvious. Mm -hmm. So I guess a lot, of, a lot of music at that time, you know, we also talked online or maybe we talked offline on one of our episodes about Queen and you mentioning Freddie Mercury dying of AIDS was the first person within the arts community that you remember dying of AIDS. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we talked about that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, definitely. It was, um, Queen was an amazing band. So mm -hmm. when, when you have something that resonates and then the social issue is going to resonate for you more, obviously, if you're in somebody's music or, right. or films. So yeah, definitely. What about books? What was I reading in the 80s? Yeah, um, and, and I would say just, just because, I mean, we're naming a lot of stuff that <clears throat> was made in the 80s, but Right. Yeah, and the whole point is to reflect on the things that inspired us and moved us during that time. So right. Maybe there was even made prior, but if it was relevant to us then, then then it needs to be mentioned. And and I mean, you have to bring up 1984, and then Ray Bradbury was a big influence on me, and so much, especially his science fiction short stories, spoke a lot to even though they may have been written a few decades prior, uh, the ones that I'm thinking of, um, even though he's, he did write in the 80s. They, they spoke to that time, without a doubt. Yeah, I remember 1984, definitely remember reading that in high school. I'm trying to think what other books I was reading. I, I feel like I was reading a lot of Stephen King. I was reading a lot of John Irving was a big, on my bookshelf. Yeah, Stephen King at that time was a really big. He was always one of those people that, you say if you could pick three people to sit down and have dinner with. He was always on my list. I always really wanted to understand how he came up with the stories that he, he came up with. I just, I, I'm fascinated by his mind to this day. Yeah, I, I don't think he gets the credit for, he's a strong writer. I think he'll, and unfortunately, and this is the way it is with art sometimes, he makes a lot of money and obscene amount of movies have been made from his short stories and books. And uh, for that fact alone, I think he, he doesn't, he doesn't get the credit as, as being as strong a writer as he is. I think many right. years from now, people will look at, at him differently. Right. 
I mean, do you remember, I have a very vivid memory, and this, this maybe speaks to the nuclear slash red scare theme that was in the air, but do you remember watching the movie The Day After? Did you see that? I did, yeah. Yeah, that, that was another one that, that stuck with me, but I can also remember being in eighth grade, so what's that, 13, 14, 13-ish, mm-hmm. and watching... In my history class, they rolled out the, um, you know, the days they would roll out the TV and it would be movie day. We watched the Chronicles. I, I'm not sure exactly what the name of it is. I'll have to look it up. The About Nostradamus. Did you ever watch that? Or re, did you watch that in high school? Mm, doesn't sound familiar. Do you know who he is? I know who Nostradamus is, sure. Yeah. I mean, isn't that odd? Isn't that something odd to be showing in a history class and showing it as something to learn from. Yeah, I think schools had a lot more leeway then. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. I mean, that's, that stuck with me too. Huh. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's very vivid eighth grade history class, Mrs. McElroy. Yeah. It's weird. But yeah, you're right. We had a lot of things going on. Yeah. I was thinking about the, um, that whole idea of, of the abandoned plazas and strip malls and, and um, that landscape that that was all along my travels, whether I was on a BM bike or BMX bike or, or skateboard. And I, I forgot about one, one film that I actually watched not too long ago too. It had been years. Do you ever see the movie suburbia? I don't I know think if we I ever talked that. about suburbia, but. I th- I think we talked about that in the video store episode. Okay. Um, I did not see that, but it's again something that it's on my list to go back and take a look at. Especially since you know we've been having these conversations and bringing up different. You know, you've seen different things than I have. You know, there is definitely some crossover, but some of these films that you're talking about definitely are on my rewatch list or you know watch list. I mean, that, that's a good example of, of the, I mean, some of the stuff I mentioned earlier are more sci-fi sort of futuristic mm-hmm. uh, that, that spoke to society on, on a downhill. But th- this was a present time, present in the 80s time. But it really, it did a great job of, of showing the disparities in, in, a, in a way that the teenager could process. Not, not that right. all the things were appropriate for a teenager in the movie by any means. Right. Um, there was a lot that was graphic in it, but, um, but yeah. And, and it even, I, I had forgotten that it, uh, it has uh, flea in the movie. Flea is the bassist for uh, red hot chili peppers. As an actor or as a musician? As an actor. Oh, um, really? Yeah. And he's acted in recent years, but he, this, this was before he was ever in chili peppers. Oh, wow. Yeah. He, he was, I don't know. He's got an interesting uh, life, but he was, he was a, a jazz musician and, and then somehow got into acting be- for a little bit, just very briefly, and then ended up, you know, starting Chili Peppers. But I just saw yeah. something that he was just recently that he was in, um, but I don't think I ever realized he started as an actor. I just yeah. always. I mean, he was only like I don't know, maybe sixteen in the movie. Hmm. Young. They're all they're all kids in the movie. Yeah. Okay, that's definitely going on my list. I don't know. I mean, we, we touched on a couple of. I think we hit a little bit of all of these items. Is there anything like? top of mind that we want to dig a little deeper into because maybe that you know maybe we take a look at one of these movies or 
one of these bands and you know turn it into a, a, a longer episode sometime you know i know we have a- oh yeah no and i i think definitely all right sounds like a plan here comes the coda how does the old saying go if you don't learn from history you're damn sure to repeat it or something like that 2020 brought us and 2021 is still bringing us a global pandemic that is fraught with misinformation prejudice fear hate and just plain old lies that's what happens when people are scared they believe the absurd they try to find someone to blame they get in their comfort zone and then alienate anyone or anything that doesn't fit their narrative. You can call it a lot of things, willful ignorance, avoidance of science and critical thought, and just plain lack of empathy. This is nothing new. It's been happening since people refused to look into Galileo's telescope to discover that the Earth was not the center of the universe, or absolutely round for the flat earthers out there. In that way, 2020 and 2021 have been no different than the 1980s. It's sad but true. When AIDS was first identified as a threat to human health, it was deemed a quote-unquote gay disease originating from what some deemed to be abnormal behavior and further demonized a group of human beings who were already facing intense discrimination. Even with no social media or internet, rumors still spread without an inch of science to support them. Sound familiar? The earliest product of the rumor mill was that AIDS could be transmitted by mosquitoes. This was wholly and completely false, but it didn't stop fear-mongering and hate speech that set its sight on the gay community. When will we, as a society, learn the lessons of our past? Thanks for listening to Origins of the Muse. You can find out more about tea at author-treilly.com. That's author-treilly.com. You can even read some of his work on his website. He's posted more than 75,000 words you can read for free. If you like what you hear on Origins of the Muse, you can hit the subscribe button and you can always rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts.